I'm ready for you when you're ready. <laughs> okay, so um, let, let me start by saying the good afternoon to you personally, and uh, thank you for allowing us to connect on your platform to you know have this chat. It's uh, yeah. it's an honor and a privilege for me to do this, and um, pleasure. I, I just I just want to appreciate you because just like I was telling you earlier, this is like the first face to face that we're having. And we'll be having conversations since around February, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. You know, when when I got the inspiration to set up the group and you know all of this, I basically saw one of your postings somewhere and it kind of aligned with what I was thinking about. So I reached out to you, and you were you know graceful enough to kind of receive me and acknowledge the things that we were doing, and you also you know you were willing to come on board um, with the group we created both on Facebook and on LinkedIn that you know has brought us to this point. So I really want to thank you for this privilege. I don't take it for granted and I appreciate you that even though you did not know me, uh, but just reaching out to you, you you kind of connected with the vision and the you know the the initiative and you you, you came on board. I mean just to let our viewers know, I mean you you dedicated almost a month you know, to, to drop in videos every single day within the group, both on Facebook and LinkedIn, talking about goal setting, talking about goal tracking, talking about the reasons why goals fail. And that touched my heart because it was just one conversation I had with you and immediately you, you, you came on board and it was as if, you know, it was your group. And I really appreciate you for that. Um, so so that's sure. just, thank you very much. That That's just to set us up. Um, I mean, before I go to all the slides, I, I usually ask, you know, my guests and uh, my, my co-presenters basically questions about, you know, how has this pandemic affected you? Uh, it's something we didn't plan for, you know, but it came and to a large extent, people are adapting in different ways. So can you just kind of briefly tell us how this pandemic has affected you, what you've done differently, how you're coping with it generally? Okay, so the first thing that has happened is that we we all had to come back to the reality of the need to, you know, create a new strategy. So it's it's very important to focus more on what can be done differently now that we have to work from home and still have to survive. It has brought to fore the the very important need to begin to render services using the internet, leveraging technology. Now, we have had that opportunity staring us in the face, but many people have refused to, you know, use the internet, leverage technology to start selling, to meet with one another. Imagine mostly when we needed to have meetings, we would actually travel like three, four hours to hold meetings. And we felt that there were certain meetings that couldn't be held online there are meetings that must be held in person, but the pandemic changed everything. Right now, nobody is saying, look, this is not a meeting we can hold online. This is a meeting that we would hold physically. So we're all, we're all holding the meetings online because you're stuck at home. You're not supposed to go out. And even if you wanted to go out because the lockdown is being gradually eased in so many parts of the world, people are still scared to go out. So the same people who didn't want to go out before are now the ones who are going out. The only challenge is those who did not automate their services before the lockdown are affected because they can't quickly make the switch to start rendering services online. 
we're all test running what works and what will not work. And because of that, income is largely affected. There's no doubt about that. We had trainings scheduled to run. Quite a number of the trainings have been canceled. And I think that what people could have done is to say, okay, we're going to run the same training, but let's run those same training virtually. We're going to run the same session. Exactly. But I see that so many people still do not want to switch to the internet, running online trainings, but we don't have a choice. We're going to come to that time where we're going to run online trainings. And I think that in a city like Lagos, with over 21 million people, one of the ways we can decongest our traffic is to actually continue with this work from home kind of situation and let's move a lot of our meetings to virtual meetings. That way, we spend less on transport, we spend less on fuel, we reduce climate pollution and all of that. So yes, it has affected, it's primarily a shaker for mindsets. So why were we saying these things cannot be held online before? And all of a sudden, nobody is going out and we're all holding the same meetings online. So it's interesting that that you mentioned mindset because I mean, to a large extent also, I've been having discussions with a couple of my friends, right? And it seems that they are not willing to change. I know it's it's human in terms of we resist change because everybody also, you know, that they're, they're afraid of, you know, the unknown. Um, but but from what you're saying, I mean, I, I've seen some banks do their annual general meeting online, yeah. virtually, yeah. and everything I went smoothly. Of that too. Exactly. Everything went smoothly and was successful, you know. And I, I think the mindset is key here because we, we need to begin to think of the new normal. I mean, a lot of my friends still don't believe that there's a new normal. They still believe we're going to go back to, you know, the way things are. And, and I keep telling them that things have, things have changed, right? Even though yeah, it might be in the short lot, term. Sorry to interject you. Yeah, a lot has it. actually changed. Take, for example, this kind of meeting that we're holding. Look at what we're doing simultaneously. Yeah. Ideally, we would need to rent a hall for this kind of meeting. You would spend a lot of money printing invitation cards. You would spend a lot of money on digital campaigns, asking right. people to come for a physical meeting. Then you would pay a cameraman to come into the meeting to record the videos of the meeting. And the cameraman might also mess you up at the end of the day. You would need someone to take physical pictures or still pictures. And when you're done, you you have to duplicate the CDs for people to be able to buy. You have to pay somebody to put it online and stuff like that. But pandemic has compressed everything. everything. So right now there's no need for a cameraman. The website called Zoom is our cameraman. Facebook is our cameraman right now. And yeah. Facebook and Zoom are both the still photographers. At the same time, they are the ones that will duplicate the CDs, quote unquote, the virtual CDs. So right. there are people, if we don't have that cultural shift right now, if there's if there's no paradigm shift right now, people are going to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. And the advancement in technology is actually gradually taking away the jobs of a lot of people. So the first and the most important thing is what can I do differently or right. how can I adapt technology in such a way that I'm still relevant and I don't lose my job. That's what I think we should be looking at right now. Excellent, excellent summation, sir. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, we need to leverage on technology to start doing the things that you know we were doing you know, in brick and mortar offices, moving them virtual and online. Um, maybe we need to sit down also and talk about digital transformation some other day. But, yeah. but again, the topic today is, is centered around you know, the group's um, focus 
which is the ability to set goals, to track goals, and actually achieve them. And the group was set up specifically for 2020. So, I mean, in, in my mind, I got inspired to the fact that, okay, we've, we've, we've run the year up until midway, which will happen in a, a couple of weeks' time in June. And a lot of people have set goals, have set targets, you know, and it looks like because of the pandemic, they might be discouraged and say, oh, what, what am I going to achieve, you know, in the year 2020 and all of that. So that's why, you know, I felt that, okay, let me, let me sit down with a couple of my friends, a couple of people that I believe are achievers, are go-getters, so that we can discuss this thing in an, you know, informal, relaxed atmosphere for some of our, our group, our community members and, you know, anybody at, at large to gain from it. So I'll, I'll just go straight to it, and I can see that you put up the slides already. So in terms of personal assessment and goal setting, how, how do you go about it? What, what, what is your normal routine? Maybe it's quarterly, it's yearly or monthly. How do you set goals? How do you do personal assessment? So the first thing I do when I'm setting my goals is to ask myself questions like, where do I need to be? Right. What do I want to achieve in life? What are the things that are paramount to me? What is important to me? And I've, I keep telling people that when you're setting goals, you first of all need to have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, you're wasting your time if you're setting goals. And the reason is because of one of the definitions I've given to goals, and you see that definition somewhere in my slide. Right. So you look at, this particular definition of goals right now. I yeah. did say that a goal is a desired result that a person or a system actually envisions, mm. plans, and commits to achieve. But look at where I started from. A goal is a desired result that a right. person or... Okay, this is Wikipedia definition. Let me go to my own actual definition of goals. Now, here's my own definition of goals. I did say that a goal is a smaller component of your vision. That's the first line of my own definition of goals. So if you don't understand that a goal is a smaller component of your vision, there is no way you will be able to set any goal that will be effective. Hmm. So I did say that the goal acts as a roadmap, specifying what needs to be done, where, when, and how in order to lead you from where you are to where you want to be. So what that means is that you need to take care of your vision first. Right. When you now take care of your vision, the vision will then determine the goals that you have. Because the question is, why are you setting goals? You're actually setting goals to achieve something bigger. You're setting a goal to achieve a vision. So if you're setting a goal, the goal has to be in line with the vision that you want to achieve. Let's say, for example, your vision is to become a medical, say you want to become a medical doctor. Right. If you want to become a medical doctor, you then have daily goals or yearly goals that you're going to set, which will keep you in line to becoming a medical doctor. Right. If you want to become a nurse, you must have daily goals, yearly goals that you will follow until that time when you become a nurse. The same thing for someone who wants to become aeronautic engineer, the person who wants to become a pastor, the person who wants to become an author, the one, the one who wants to become a broadcaster, whatever field you choose, whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, you want to build a conglomerate, you want to start businesses, you want to start an airline, a media organization, everything, there's usually this big vision. 
So the big vision is what necessitates setting a daily goal, right. necessitates a weekly goal, a quarterly goal, a monthly goal, and a yearly goal. If there is no big vision and you're just setting a goal, the question is to what end? So that's why it's very important to first of all set that big vision, first of all set that goal that you're working on. And once that one is clear, you can then go on to setting your small goals. So the, uh, because my own goal is clear, my own vision is clear and it's out of the way, I then set yearly goals that will take me closer to the vision. Okay. Do, do you understand? So yeah, it, it's very important to set yearly goals that will take you closer to the vision. If you don't set yearly goals that will take you closer to the vision, then you're, you're going to, you probably will not achieve that vision. That, that's how I do my own thing. I, I mean, and that's, that's specific and apt because, I mean, like I said, when we created the group, we were looking at, you know, setting goals for the year 2020 as a full year. Um, but, but I like you, your definition where you're saying that it's a smaller component of your vision. So that means that as an individual or as an organization, you must have a vision. You must have exactly. a destination in mind. And that's yeah. what, you know, your goals will now be smaller components that leads you, you know, on that route. Road. And I like you know what you said about it being a roadmap. So that means yeah. that ultimately it, it directs you step by step up until you get to achieve that. That basic going. Yeah. Yes. And yes. in in the group, you know, we, we set it out to say, okay, you know, we can break it down into quarters. So we had quarter one. You know, we yes. started this group in January, first of January. So we had quarter one goals, um, yeah. and then we helped you know the community to track it all the way, and then we were able to. I think you joined around February, and that's when you started yeah. you know, giving us those daily yeah. uh, videos that was yeah. you know, looking at the different uh, reasons why goals fail, and, and we yeah. still get that. You know, so, so I, I like the definition, and I mean, this is, this is very specific. But in terms of goal setting again, in terms of the number of goals, because my, my previous guests we were just discussing about it, that a lot of people set so many goals uh, yeah. in terms of you know, the numbers, and it's also one of the reasons, I'm sure you'll touch on it later, where, why goals fail. And yes. we, we kind of projected that maybe you should streamline it to maybe like three, two per quarter, so that at least at the end of the year, you have maybe eight, nine, 10, you know, to 12. But again, the numbers matter because the, the, the smaller they are, the more focused you, know, you yeah. are to achieving them. So, so what, what, what do you think in terms of how many goals should you set for a year? Okay, so sometimes, um, let me say that we, we focus on achieving so many things. And like I said earlier, if there is no clear vision, achieving those many things that we have set out to achieve will be quite difficult. So our first responsibility is to take care of vision. Then the question is, what's your status? And, and I'm talking about maybe your social status, your marital status, your responsibilities to other people and stuff like that. Now, those will determine the other goals that you should carry along. For example, are you married? If you're a married person trying to set a goal, you, you can't set a goal for yourself alone. You are now setting a goal that is synchronized with your spouse's goal. You're setting a goal for children if they're still young, or you're factoring them into your financial goals because their well-being is a major factor as far as your own goals are concerned, because a chunk of what you earn will go into taking good care of them. 
And if you don't factor their own lives into it, then you're wasting your time with whatever goals you're setting. Then the question is, do you have parents? Do you have siblings? Do you have loved ones who depend on you? All those ones would determine your financial goals at the end of the day. Do you have a business that you run? How much commitment do you have towards that business? Do you have partners? Do you run the businesses alone? So those are the kind of other things that would determine. Everything still comes back to one major goal. What's your vision in life? However, if you take care of one important thing, there are ways you can then clear so many other goals instead of looking at itemized goals. For example, let's say that this year, my goal is just to get someone who can help me with achieving my vision. Do you know that if I get that one person, it's possible that I can easily achieve all the 10 other things that I have put on my list. But some other people will focus on achieving 10 things on their list instead of looking for one person that can make the goals easier. Let me give you an instance. You have content and your content is really good, but you don't know how to put your content out there. Now you're setting goals. I want to write 10 articles in two weeks, or I want to write 20 articles in a month. I want to do 20 videos in a month. I want to talk to, I want to, you're setting a goal to put your content on radio, to put your content on television. And what you need is simply one content manager. And if you have one content manager who knows the right platforms to use, the person comes on board and says, instead of looking for money to put your content on TV, on radio, why don't you use a platform like uh, maybe Zoom, use a podcast platform, use Facebook Live. This is how to record. You don't need extra cameras. These are the things you should get into. You know, So all you realize that with one person helping you to manage your content, you have ticked so many other things on your goal. That now takes right. me to having a collaborator. And we're going to see it somewhere as we go on in the slide. We mostly do not think about who should be a collaborator with us when setting goals. We simply think about, oh, these are the goals I want to achieve. These are the goals I want to achieve. But there must be people who are going to help us on the journey to achieve that goal. Right. So you put in the right collaborators from the beginning. Achieving your goal is going to be a lot easier. So it will no longer be about the number of goals you are trying to achieve. It's about who is helping you to achieve the goal. And if you have the right person helping you to achieve the goal, instead of counting goals, you will be leaping. If you think that you're supposed to achieve maybe five goals, with the right person, you can achieve 15 goals. If right. you think that you should achieve only two goals, with the right person with you, you can achieve 20 goals. So at that point, it won't be about the number of goals. It's, it's going to be about who's with you on this goal. Right. So, so there are two things I pick up from what you just said. I, and... I think they're very critical. The, the, I'm also at fault with, with, with one of them, actually, which is that collaborator part. Because to a large extent, I mean, I've seen it generally. People tend to just set goals and put themselves in the middle, you know, the center, the end, and the beginning of everything and feel that they are the only ones that can do it. And I'm getting to realize these days that you actually need a, a collaborator. No man is a lion, like you said. And if you properly prioritize your goals, right, you'll be able to identify which ones are key and then get a collaborator for that one. And like you said, you keep achieving your goals in leaps and bounds. So, so I mean, that, that is awesome. So, I mean, let, let's continue with your definitions and you know the details of your slide as far as goal setting. Okay, so as I said earlier, uh, a goal is a smaller component of your vision, which acts as a roadmap. 
and it specifies what needs to be done. In other words, you can't call it a goal if it is not a smaller component of your vision. You okay. cannot call it a goal if it doesn't act as a roadmap because a goal will guide you towards where you want to be and who right. you want to become. This goal will specify what needs to be done. It will also specify where you're going to be doing it, right. when you're going to be doing it, and how in order to lead you from where you are to, to where you want to be. So it's very important to set that goal. Look at the Wikipedia definition of goal that I showed earlier. So Wikipedia says that a goal is a desired result that a person or a system envisions. So it's very important that you are envisioning. You are thinking about something ahead, something that you really want to achieve. And then it says to plan and commit to achieve it. Some people plan for goals, but they don't commit to achieve it. What's right. the difference between planning and committing to achieve a goal? When you plan to achieve a goal, it means that you have written the goals down. You have said that this year we're going to expand this business. This year we're going to do 500 million in turnover. This year we're going to do a billion in turnover. But the question is, what are your own responsibilities? What's your own role in making sure that that turnover becomes a reality? And I like to use this example a lot. If, for example, you want to make first class out of the university, if you're going to make a first class, you've written it down as a plan to make first class by the time you have graduated. Now, that's a clear plan. You're going to make a first class out of the university. But the question is, how do you commit to being first plan? If you don't put it clearly on paper and take action that, for example, on a daily basis, I must spend four hours reading. If you spend four hours reading on a daily basis before any kind of exam, it is most likely that you would have covered all the topics that you need to cover before your examination. But if you wait for your examination just a few days and you only read all through the night in order to cover your syllabus, most likely you don't have enough time to cover the syllabus. And you get into the hall, you forget some of the things that you've read and you're not able to make a first class at the end of the day. But if you start reading from the beginning of the semester, and you spend four hours on a daily basis, that shows your responsibility towards the plan of making a first class. It's the yeah. same thing in business. If you want to have a happy marriage, for example, your goal is to have a happy marriage. But the question is, what's your own responsibility towards having a happy marriage as well? Are you going to remain the blame game person or are you going to take responsibility and instead of blaming other people, you will take responsibility. So those are the things that we need to begin to look at. And until we do that, we will just keep blaming other people. We're not going to achieve our goals. So there's also the range of goals. You were talking about quarterly. You were talking about uh, whether a monthly goal earlier. So yeah. I, I call it the range of goals. And it's right there on the screen for those who are watching. They can see it. There are three major ranges of goals. And they are that there's a short-term goal which is from one day to six months. So if you have a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, those are called short-term goals. If you have a goal you're going to achieve in two, three, four, five, six months, those are actually short-term goals. And you need to be specific with the daily activities that will also result in the goal that you want to have at the end of the month. Then you need to have what we call the mid-term goals. Mid-term goals will be anything from six months to five years. So you go to interviews most times. They ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? Next five years and that's right. a difficult, it's a difficult question for a lot of people to answer because they never really think about it. They, they have no idea what they want to achieve in five years. So you need to be able to set out 
from the vision that you want to achieve, let's say you want to build a conglomerate, where are you going to be in five years? Because you don't expect to achieve that conglomerate in five years. Now, let me use this illustration. You want to become vice chancellor of a university, say in 20 years time. So from the vision of becoming a vice chancellor of a university, what should you have achieved in five years time? Let's say that you already have a first degree. Most likely I expect that in five years time, you have the goal to get your postgraduate, a master's degree, and yeah. from a master's degree, you move on to a PhD. So it's realistic that you can achieve both your master's degree and a PhD in five years because your master's degree will take from 18 months to you know two, two years, thereabouts. And your master's degree will take a minimum of three years. So it's still realistic if you're quite fast to achieve both a master's degree and a PhD in five years. But it is unrealistic to expect that in five years, you get your PhD and become a vice chancellor. That's totally unrealistic because from the time you get your PhD, you need to be in the training or in the academic system for a minimum oh, of wow. 10 years, even become right. a professor. Right. And you would have been a professor for a few years before you can be considered for the position of vice chancellor. So the, that, that it's a mid-term goal in line with the vision to say, okay, I'm going to get my MSc, probably get an MBA, get an MPhil if I need it, then get a PhD. Then your long-term goal will be, oh, okay, getting the degree to become a vice chancellor, making sure that I publish journals in maybe 20 papers, internationally acclaimed journals anyway, right, not just right. any kind of journal. So that, that's how I do my own thing. Mm. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's interesting as well, because I mean, when we started the group, we're looking at you know that acronym of SMART and SMARTER goals. And you know, yeah. it's you know specific, measurable, uh, achievable, yeah. realistic, and time-bound. And, and this yeah. speaks to, to that aspect. And it was yeah. interesting for me because the long-term goal that I do was you know between five to ten years. But I think it was yeah. I think the first or second week of the pandemic, I, I heard Pastor Samadi. I mean, mention that he does so for sixty years. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that those are the long-term goals, and everything he does, every decision he makes now is tying him towards, you know, driving him towards achieving that long-term goal. So, I mean, this, this, is, this is fantastic. Okay, so what, what happens, when, when you do those kind of long-term goals, what happens is that you begin to immediately determine the kind of audience that you roll with, the kind of people mm -hmm. that you relate with. The when you do you those kind of long-term goals, you, your long-term goals will determine the kind of people that you associate with. Your long-term goals will reflect in your financial plans. Take, for example, when you have a 20-year plan and you want to be financially independent, you want to be financially free from every debt, you are not going to start out buying the most expensive cars because right. you will focus more on putting money into real estate, Investment. whether it's the mortgage plan somewhere in the world or you, you're going to do a rent-to-own kind of system as some people are doing now in Nigeria. So yeah. if your plan is to be financially independent, you will start with a kind of luxury that cannot last a lifetime. A car, for example, is good. Some people come here. No matter what kind of business that you use the car for, Max maybe use the car for five to 10 years, except there's a problem. Most people can really use the car for five years. Learn the car for just about two some people don't change cars after five years because they don't have the money to replace money yeah. with the same car. So 
if you found money to real estate or into a business or you put the same resources you spend maintain car into building a house, you don't have something you can look up to over several years and how generated in for you on like the depreciating value. And and I just use the car as an example. There are so many things into that you know depreciating in value. So it's right. very important to your, your, your long goal will determine how you spend. When you're about to spend money, you're going to be asking yourself, I spend permanent money on temporary things or I'm spending temporary money on permanent things. Permanent so things. That, that's what we're spending. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I think, like, like you said, it's the long-term goals that begin to structure the things you do now. And I, I think another thing is a lot of people are not really committed sometimes to those goals that they set. Um, and it takes yeah. a lot of commitment to achieve your goal. So from a financial perspective, like you mentioned, because you know where you're going, you will not start out buying an expensive car. You will start out you know, investing your money into something that will give you returns. And over time, you can now start doing some other things you know, that maybe can show your affluence. But from the get-go, you don't invest on you know, you know, um, um, expensive stuff and, and, and all of that. And, and that. and that is really important. And again, another thing you mentioned, which I just want to go back on before we move on, is the fact that, you know, it depends on your status, like you said, whether you're married, whether you have kids, whether you're still in school and all of that. And what I have discovered is that goal setting and tracking and achieving is something that you need to do as early as possible in your life because it helps you to organize yeah. things along the way. I mean, personally, I, I started this when I was 16, 17, 18, where... I didn't have a computer. I just had a notepad and I'll just write things down. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. You know? And I committed to it. I had mentors that helped me along the way. And as my status changed from being a single to dating somebody yeah. and getting married, those mentors helped me along the way because they helped me shape the vision of where I was going to. And looking back, you know, you know, de a decade or more now, I can realize, I can see myself now in positions where I envisioned a long time ago. So it is, it is really, really important. Thank you for highlighting that. My pleasure. All right, so um, I don't know where if I can go on with my slide or you want me to do yes, something please. else? Yes, okay, please. so yeah, I'll just go on to the slide then. And um, we're, we're looking at uh, why goals fail now. And yes. it's very important to understand that if you don't know why goals are failing, it's going to be a lot difficult to achieve those goals. That's why I usually like to talk to people about why goals fail. So number one reason why goals fail is actually the fact that people don't actually have written goals. If you don't have written goals, you don't expect your goals to work. So it's very important to have written goals. There's one Harvard research that says that they interviewed a postgraduate class to see how many of them had written goals. And from that session, they realized that so many people, about say 87% of them did not have written or clear goals. So it was very surprising. Then they had about 3% that had clear and written goals then just maybe about 10% or even 7% that 
they they had a goal, but it was not written down. Okay. I, I think I missed up that calculation now, but it was just to show that a huge chunk of the class, and that was well over 80%, did not have any goal, whether it was written or it was not written. Only 3% had a clear written goal. There may be about 7% thereabout had a goal, but it was not written. So 10 years later, they interviewed the same set of people and they realized that the ones who did not have any goal, whether it was written or not, they were just managing in life. The, the smaller percentage, maybe about 7% or so, that had a goal, but it was not written. They were, they were okay, but it wasn't as much as they could be doing in life. Then the 3% that had a clear goal and it was written down, they were earning times 10 of what their contemporaries were getting. Wow. And it was times 10 of those other people that had a goal, but it was not written. So they had 10 times more results just because they had a clear goal and it was written down, which they also stuck to. So it's very important to write your goal. And some people also say that the faintest pen is still brighter than the best of memories. Memory, absolutely. It's difficult to remember everything in your head. So you right. need to write down the goals. And it's not just writing down the goals in a book that you're probably not going to open for a long time. You probably should use what you call a vision board. Right. And you stick those goals into small pieces of papers on the vision board. Sometimes at the back of the door leading to your room, in front of the door leading to your room, at the back of the door leading to your you know, closet, and yeah. you should have those small goals there Some, on the somewhere you can see it on a regular somewhere, basis. somewhere you can see them from time to time so you Absolutely. write them you put them there now that determines your daily plans because yeah. if you have a goal say for example you have a goal to write five books and you are not writing on a daily basis how are you going to achieve that goal so right. the moment you see that kind of goal on the door you know that one of your daily plans must be at least to spend maybe about one hour or two hours writing on a right. daily basis yeah, so right. one of the reasons goals fails is because people don't have written goals. And I'm going to rush now because that's not the only thing we're dwelling on. And number two is what I call adoption of goals. And you can see from the, what I, uh, the image there that says copy and paste. Copy, paste. So yeah. adoption of goals simply means that there are some people who simply take on the goals of other people. They don't understand what those goals are about. They look at what other people have written and their own goals. They just take it, they copy it, and paste it. Now, there is nothing wrong in using the template of other people's goals. But using the template of other people's goals is different from copying and adopting their goals. Right. Number one, you do not have the same vision. So when you copy their goals, it means that you are likely to end up where they are going if you copy it very well. Right. But if you copy it and you don't copy it well, you end up confused. So you cannot copy other people's goals. You must not copy other people's goals. And you will copy other people's goals if you don't have your own vision. But right. if you have your own clear vision, you realize that this goal is not going to work for me. So you can't copy and adopt other people's goals. Then the next thing is creating goals hurriedly. There are too many people who create goals hurriedly. And that's why their own goals are not working. You need to spend right. time with your goal. You need to ask yourself, what's my vision? What's my goal? Where am I going in life? Where will this goal lead me to? So when you, when you explain all of that to yourself or you answer that satisfactorily, that's when you can say, okay, this is the kind of goal I need to set 
And don't forget, we said earlier, you have to factor in who you are marrying or who you are married to, your children, your financial status, maybe you have parents and all of that. So you can't create goals in a hurry. People whose goals fail because they create them in a hurry. Then generalization of goals. And what happens here is a lot of people say, oh, I want to be rich. What does that mean? You have to define it. For example, if I say that I want to be rich, I can say that the level of wealth I want is to be able to say that I'm already broke, even if I have 20 million in my account. Correct. Or to say, I should be able to say that I'm already broke, even when I have 100 million cash. Mm. So what exactly do you mean by what level of wealth are you talking about? And when you also say wealth, question is, what are you going to do to attain that kind of wealth? You can't just say, I'm going to be wealthy. You must be able to specify what you what, will do, what you hope to do in order to correct. achieve that kind of goal. You can't just generalize, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be successful. When you say, I'm going to be successful, question is, successful at what? Yeah, you what have area? to specify, yeah, what you want to be successful at. Maybe you want to be a successful public speaker, a successful right. pastor, a successful engineer, a successful businessman. But what kind of business are you going into transportation? Are you going into logistics? Are you going into computer manufacturing, car manufacturing, or automobiles generally? What kind of business? You need to be more specific. Then we set unrealistic goals. I mentioned just a moment ago, somebody who wants to become a vice chancellor. And I did yeah. say that a five-year five goal would be that getting your PhD, getting your master's and your PhD, if you already have a first degree. But if you don't have a first degree, you don't have a master's degree, you don't have a PhD, getting, becoming a vice chancellor in five years is not possible. Right. Oh, yeah. Totally not possible. So question is, what are you going to do in the next five years? You then start from where you are. If you have a PhD already, you say, okay, get a job in the university system. Yeah. And from getting a job in the university system, you have to write and publish, reputed, publish in reputable journals. So yeah. when you write and publish in reputable journals, you keep writing. You keep delivering lectures. You keep delivering speeches. You have to write inaugural lectures as well and yeah. deliver a number of them before you are even considered to become considered. A, a vice chancellor. So because there are so many people who are doing that kind of a thing on a daily basis and they still don't become a vice chancellor. Exactly. Then look at the image on the screen. This child, we all know that it is totally unrealistic for this kind of child to say, I'm going to carry this weight. Right. And you yeah. look at the one on the left. It's totally unrealistic for them to expect that this ox will be able to carry the kind of load. So the yeah. ox is supposed to be carrying, I mean, whether it's an ox or donkey now, it's supposed okay. to be carrying that load, but it's yeah. the load that is carrying I mean, the animal. Yeah, yeah, right. because, because an unrealistic goal for that kind of animal to push this load. What do you think will happen to this child on the right if this child were to make any attempt to lift this weight that we're seeing? I mean, it's it's going to break his back completely. I mean, it's exactly so. It, so there, that's, that's what we do as human beings. Sometimes mm, we set mm. unrealistic goals. We we you know we do things that will kill us. We do things that will break us. We want to right. set the kind of goals that only people who have gone ahead of us, far ahead of us, should be setting those kind of goals. So set goals at your level. That's why there are long-term goals and there are short-term goals. Those right. goals that some people want to achieve immediately are supposed to be long-term goals. And that's where they are making those mistakes. So uh, clarity, 
you know, some people set goals. And when they, when they set goals, what happens at the end of the day is that instead of, you know, setting the kind of goals that will be clear to them, when they try to explain those goals, people end up being more confused. Okay. Their goals right. are not clear to people. So you must be able to uh, set the kind of goals that are clear to you. When you are setting a goal, don't set a goal. Again, the reason people will not have clarity on their goal is because they have adopted a goal. They've copied someone else's goal. Right. So when you don't adopt a goal, when you don't you know, just copy and paste another person's goal, that goal is going to be very clear to you. If, for example, I'm talking about my own five-year plan, I'm going right. to speak, I'm going to talk about that goal with a lot of confidence because I, I'm the one who set the goal. Nobody set the goal for me. If I'm talking about my 10-year goal, I'm going to speak about the goal with a lot of confidence, confidence. because I right. set the goal. So you need to have clarity. There are times you're trying to set some goals. You just had a flash of inspiration. You need to sit down with other people to get an idea of what this goal should look like. How am I supposed to achieve this goal? What do I need to do? Who should I be talking to in order to achieve those goals? So if you are not doing that, you will not have clarity on the goal. And the moment you don't have clarity on the goal, you will find it difficult to achieve that goal. So it's very important that you're talking to other people about your goal. And once you cannot convince yourself about your goal, how can you convince other people to come along? How can you convince investors to get right. on board with your right. goal? So you need to have clarity on your goal. If I wake you up in the middle of the night and I start asking you questions about your goals, you don't need to stutter. Despite the fact that you've just woken up, you must be able to explain your goals. You must be able to share right. your goal easily. Even if you right. don't have all the details, when I listen to you, I can tell that this is, person, this is someone who knows what he's talking about. So your right. goal will be extremely clear. Let's move on to the next item on the slide. And apart from uh, clarity now, we go on to lack of planning with the goals. So when I talk about lack of planning with the goals, this is what happens. If you are not the type that reviews your goals all the time, the moment you make any amount of money, the first thing that comes to your mind is the next luxury item that you've been waiting for. The next phone, the next right. expensive phone, the next expensive clothes. That means you are right. not planning the goal. But if you review your goals all the time, if mm. you check your daily activities, if you check your next milestone all the time, it means that you are planning with the goal. So as soon as the next money comes in, you are exactly. not thinking about the next car to buy. You are not thinking about the next uh, clothes to buy. The first right. thing is, okay, so how do I progress on this project? Where did I stop on this project? What's the next yeah. thing that I must do? That's what you're thinking about. So we must plan with the goal all the time. And going on to I, number eight, meditation on the goal. You must meditate on your goal. You must think about it all the time. If you don't, you must get to a point where you have internalized your goal. If you don't right. internalize your goal, there is no way you will achieve that goal. When I say internalize your goal, it means that with or without paper, you already know the goals that you plan to achieve. With or without the paper that you have written or what is on the written paper, you will still be able to act on a daily basis in line with the goal because the goal, goal is not, the goal is not only on paper. The goal has moved from paper into your mind. Mm, the right. goal has moved from paper into your subconscious. The goal has moved from paper into your being. The goal right. is you. You are the goal. 
So you're, you're not just looking at a paper. And, and that's one of the things that we need to, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons we need to meditate on the goal. If you don't meditate on the goal, there will be a problem. Then the next thing is um, discipline. And I'm going to spend a little more time on the issue of discipline. Now, there are people who have fantastic goals. People write great goals. People write beautiful goals. When they do a presentation on the goal, you're going to be blown away. When they do a presentation on how they achieve, how they want to achieve this goal or how they want to execute the goal, it's going to blow your mind. But they don't have the discipline. And there are three kinds of disciplines that you need to have. You need discipline with your personality, which is moral discipline. You need discipline with finances, which is the financial discipline. And you need discipline with time, which is procrastination. When you keep putting off to you tomorrow the things that you can do today, you will never achieve what needs to be achieved. You see, a number of goals are time-bound. If you don't do those things, then you'll never be able to achieve them. Let me give you an example. And I don't mean to, you know, shame anybody. I don't mean to also speak down on women so that some people will not take this in the wrong light. Take, for example, a woman can marry at any time and at any age. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yes, yes. So despite the fact that a woman can marry at any time at an, and at any age, a woman cannot give birth at, an, at any age. Mm. So if a woman keeps putting off the plan to marry, you can put off the plan to marry till you are 45 or till you are 50. But the moment you hit 50, your chances of giving birth become extremely slim and medically impossible. Right. I'm saying extremely slim and medically impossible because it would then take the intervention of God for that 50-year-old yeah. woman to have a child. Yeah. But if I, you I really think, want think, to marry... Sorry, sorry, sorry Pastor, um, Mr. Paul. I, I think, I think what, what usually happens is the statement is, oh, my body clock is, you know, is counting. And that, exactly. that's how they mount pressure to say, okay, you know what, I need, I need to get married as early as possible. So that I have exactly. that window exactly. of childbearing before it gets to 50 and above. Exactly. And even right. for the, even for the men too, even a man needs to get married on time. And God willing, if you don't have issues with delay, as far as children are concerned, you start having children, you train your children early enough, and you are not training your child when you're already supposed to be a grandpa. A grandfather, yeah. Now, the reason, the issue with that is if you're training your children when you're supposed to be a grandpa, at that point in time, you don't have the energy, energy. to run around and to raise funds to train those children. Yeah. So if your finance is not in order, or if you are not wealthy, you're going to find it difficult to train that child. But if you have some money, then your age will not matter. So long as you do not have money, then your age becomes your age becomes an issue. So, right. so it's very important that you look at all of these things. So when you're planning, don't say, oh, I still have time. I'm still young. The time mm -hmm. to start a family is when you are young. The right. time to start a family is when you have the energy to run around, not when you do not have the energy to run around, except if you do not plan to have children. So it's the same thing with life. Don't put to tomorrow that business plan that, that you should write today, that right. proposal you should write today, that phone call, that email, don't put it to tomorrow. Now, Moral discipline. I'll give you one quick example as far as moral discipline is concerned. Now, there are some men who know that they have great visions. 
Some women also know that they have huge visions and some others do not know. But if you understand that as human beings, we all have great destinies and we can right. become anything tomorrow, then you must be morally disciplined. Right. I usually say this when I train in physical meetings. One of the reasons I will never, God helping me, misbehave with women is what happens if I become the governor of a state tomorrow or if I become the president of a nation tomorrow. Right. And right. the moment you become the governor of a state or you become all a senator, of this, or a minister, come up. the women will start showing up with children. Yeah. And when they start showing up with children, even if you don't want to steal, they are going to make ridiculous demands. Mm. And they will tell you, oh, are you not a governor? Are you not a senator? Are you not a minister? Are you not a president? Once right. they start doing it, they'll tell you, okay, if you don't want to give us the money, I'll go to the press with this information. At that yeah. time, you have a reputation to protect. to protect. And because you have a reputation to protect, you don't want the press to hear this kind of a thing. So you're going to look for that money anyhow. And anyhow includes falsifying figures, stealing, doing whatever. I mean, the projects that have been committed into your hands, you then start twisting those figures in order to cover up your past. Right. When should I be morally disciplined? So your immoral, your immoral uh, discipline or immoralities today, they are mm. going to cost you in the future. Right. And I can tell you, nobody doesn't want to have fun. I mean, most countries of the world, the moment you turn 18, legally speaking, there is nothing wrong with having sex. Right. But morally speaking, everything is wrong with having sex if you are not married. Married. But if you want to go the way of your legal right, question is what happens in your future when your destiny is about to shine? Right. So right. you need to focus on, you need to be morally disciplined. And for a lot of young women out there who are probably watching right now or will come across this video, you have been told a number of times, the man will have sex with you and go on with his life. His own life will not be delayed because he's not the one who is going to carry the child. But if you're not ready, if you have a career path, you are still pursuing as a girl or as a woman, you then have sex outside of marriage. You will enjoy it, but you must be ready to deal with the consequences of the sex outside of marriage. So Absolutely. one of the reasons goals fail is immoral or immorality. And people are not willing to have moral discipline, financial discipline. Do you know that many people, the money they are spending on their mobile phones, their mobile devices, their the kind of cars they want to drive right now to impress people who are not even noticing them. That right. kind of money is enough to set up the businesses they want to start. Sure, sure. The phone in your hand. And these are young people, they don't have a family. So we spend right. money trying to impress people in our early year rather than spend to build a future. Just 
Okay, sorry guys, we just lost our guest. Um, I'll try and see how we can get him back. Apologies for that. Hello, Mr. Fala. Um, your mic is on mute. Your mic is on mute, sir. Okay, so I was locked up because of the internet, but I'm back. I'm back now. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir, I can hear you. All right, so I, I said the next thing we have to go on to is a collaboration. Okay. So it's very important that we, you know, consider the need to collaborate to other things that we plan to uh, discuss for the day. So one of the major reasons are not achieved in collaboration. And if you're not collaborating with people, it's going to be difficult to achieve your goals. You need to collaborate with other people. For example, I collaborating with people. If you are supposed to achieve two goals, you might be able to achieve three. You might be able to achieve 10. You might be able to achieve 20. So it's very important that you collaborate with other people in order to achieve your goal. Collaboration will save you will save you the stress of running after several people because when you collaborate you leverage on the network and the Absolutely. net worth of those other people that you are collaborating with if you collaborate with other people you are going to instead of building your own influence afresh with new people you are just going to use the influence of that other person so it's very important that you collaborate with other people and you know you you spread information more people get to know you it's right. easier to achieve results and all of that so i think i should just stop there on those yes. 10 reasons why goals fail absolutely yeah, I, we I can mean, go to the couple goals correct this this is this is fantastic and i really appreciate you for that um just just to the rest of the community and those who are watching um mr Fola has dedicated 28 close to 30 days within the community where he was dropping videos of each of these goals and the reasons why goals fail. And if you join the community, both on Facebook or LinkedIn, you will see these videos. He was dropping one for every day. I, I think started about the middle of February till the middle of March. So we had that engagement with him within the community. Uh, I, I appreciate you for this. And uh, ju just to wrap this up to a large extent, basically, I think there are a couple of things you mentioned, which I wanted to drive home with people. Um, the fact that you know you, you need to start you know your goal setting early and it also depends on your status yeah. so if you're if you're married or you're still single you know it will affect the kind of goals you set and you mentioned the fact that you know it's also a sub-component of your vision so you need to have your vision first you need to know where you're going to and then your goals cannot help you you know in terms of direction and i think another powerful thing you mentioned is the point about discipline um, I mean, to a large extent, a lot of people set goals, but they're not disciplined or committed enough, you know, to achieving those goals. And as an important one you mentioned from morality point of view, from the financial point of view, and as well as time management. In fact, time management is a major issue, that, a major challenge, you know, when, when it comes to achieving goals for most people, because they really don't know how to do it. And, and one of the things I would say is basically in that, in that angle is to set priorities. If you set your priorities right, then you can attend to the most urgent goals. Just like you mentioned earlier when we were discussing that, you know, if you set it and you, and you prioritize it, there might be just one goal that is your key goal. And the moment you collaborate with the right person, it, that leverage happens and you leverage on that connection 
and you start to achieve in leaps and bounds. So that, that is awesome. For the rest of the community and those who are watching, you can join the group and you have the remaining, you know, 20 goals, I mean, 20 reasons why goals fail in the community. He dropped videos every single day, you know, for, for that period of the month of February. And I really want to appreciate you for that. I mean, just, just, just to kind of highlight, you know, what we discussed, you know, at the start, I just connected with you. This is our first face-to-face -face or, you know, video-to-video -video discussion. Everything we, dis we did was just online, via emails, via messaging and all of that. And I appreciate the fact that you acknowledged, you know, the initiative and came on board with all your resources and time. God bless you for that. That's now, let's, let's, go, let, let's go to, you know, the final part, basically, which is goal setting for couples. And I, I want us to also discuss it from a financial point of view. But go ahead with, you know, the, what you have on the slide. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and make this quick. I can, because I realized we've been on on air for yeah. So, setting for couples, it's very important for couples. Just, and if you ask me why is it important to for couples to set goals, that would then take me to the next uh, slide that we have here. But quickly, I just want to uh, mention to those who have been watching. I apart from the goals that I've been sharing. I actually have a, a number of videos talking about this goal setting, especially the first part where we talked about why goals fail. And from this next slide, you'll see the link to the YouTube channel. I want to crave your indulgence to visit the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and of course, press the notification bell so that you can get notices when I upload new videos. So let's talk about goal setting for goals. Now, what we will see that the biggest, there are reasons why marriage fail, and there are several of them. But research has shown that the three big reasons why marriages crash or marriages have issues are money, sex, communication. Money, sex, and communication. Those are the biggest reasons why marriages have issues. So the ones we're talking about, or the one we're talking about today is actually a goal. And this goal will take care of money, is going to take care of sex, is going to take care of communication as well. I'm not sure we can cover all, but I'll make sure I'll see you all. The one that I know I've taken care of is about money in the next few slides. But let me quickly speak to the issue of communication and sex. I'm hoping that we don't have two people who are too young to watch this. But on the issue of communication, for example, in my own home, no matter where we are apart, it's a rule or it's an unwritten rule that we must speak to ourselves on a daily basis, no matter where we are in the world. So there is that communication goal to, to keep in touch, to stay in touch on a daily basis. If it's a phone call, if it's an SMS, I'm most likely usually a phone call for us. So if you don't keep that communication line open, you are going to be drifting apart. And so long as you are drifting apart, a time will come when you come back together again you realize that you're both speaking different languages. Okay. And the right. moment you start speaking different languages, you will no longer understand yourself. There will be issues you will fight more often. So it's very important to communicate. And most people think they're communicating when all they're doing is just waiting to reply or waiting to respond to what the other person has said. In communication, you have to listen to your partner yeah. and you don't listen so that you can reply. It's not a debate in marriage. You right. listen so that you can respond. 
Responding means that you already understand what the person said and you are giving a response based on what the person said, not based on what you already proposed to say. So it's very important that you listen to yourselves and don't be the one to always talk. You should listen to each other. And that's how it's going to work. On the issue of sex, now, I understand that sometimes quite a number of women are disappointed and the man doesn't understand why the woman doesn't want to have sex. The woman is tired. The man is never tired. He's always ready. It's very important that you come to an agreement. If you're having sexual issues, you may need to seek medical help so that you can both enjoy the sex, uh, the, your time out and stuff like that. And you will be surprised that sex is a big issue because the man always feels punished when he doesn't get enough of it. And the woman feels overused when the man is demanding too much of it. So they, you both need to come to, you both need to shift ground terms on how you're supposed to go about it, what, way, what works for you, what time, and how you should go about it. So let's go on to why couples that goes. You see quite a number of risks on, on the screen. It's very important that couples set goals, and I'll take them one after the other. So I spoke about a link earlier, which is the YouTube link, and you can see it at the bottom of your screen right now. That is youtube.com forward slash follow Daniel Speaks. That's the YouTube link. Please don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube link and use the notification button so that you new reasons why couples should set goals. Number one, you need peace of you need peace in that marriage. If you don't actually set goals, you may not have peace in that marriage. So it's very important to set goals. Why does goal setting affect peace? Goal setting, setting affects peace because you already agree on what to do before you start it out. Right. You have already agreed on what should be done before you go into what you're about to do. Most times, people don't agree because they never agreed on what to do before they got started. So how can you go into something? For example, the Bible says, can two work together except they be agreed? Be agreed. Right. So it's important that you agree on what you're about to do from the beginning before you go into it. And that's one easy way you're going to have peace in your marriage. Goals will also help you with progress. If you don't make, if you don't set goals, how do you progress? For example, your goal will show where you're going to be in six months or what you need to have done in one year, what you need to have done in two years. So your goal is one way the both of you know that you are progressing. If you don't set goals, you will not be able to progress. All of a sudden, you just realize that maybe after 10 years of marriage, you meet some other people who got married. At about the same time that you got married, you look at them, they've achieved so much. They have postgraduate degrees. They, they, are, you know, they are adding additional degrees, despite the fact that they are also having children. And you give yourself the excuse that, oh, you are raising children. That's why you couldn't progress academically or financially and stuff like that. But it's not an excuse. The reason that didn't happen is because you didn't set the goal. You were waiting for life to happen. So you have progressed. Then individual development. For example, in some areas, my goals will be different from the goals of my wife. There are areas where our goals will intersect in order for us to have progress and peace. But we also need to have individual progress. For example, we're in, the same, we're in different career paths. So if we're in different career paths, our goals need to have, I mean, we need to have individual goals. individual goals. And those individual goals will take into cognizance the fact that we're both married to ourselves. So my individual goals will not be set in such a manner that the other person will not be able to progress or I'm going to slow down every other person. Her own goal is also going to be set in such a manner that she's not going to slow me down or she's not going to eat deep into my finances, especially if one partner 
is the one that will fund the goals of the other of person. The other. So it's very important both agree on your individual goals. Then you need a goal because of joint development. For example, there are trainings that, that you can attend together. There are courses on family planning. There are, uh, when I say family planning, I'm not even talking about spacing children alone. There are goals that talk about parenting yeah, or there are yeah. trainings about parenting. There are trainings on communication, effective communication in marriage and stuff like that. So those are things you really want to, those are trainings you want to attend together so that you can jointly develop yourself. And it's even, it makes a lot of sense if you're in the same industry, if you're in the yeah. same field. Say for example, you are both in the banking industry or you're both in the speaking industry or you're both ministers and stuff like that. You need to agree on your joint development. Then what about your social progression? You are starting today from a one bedroom apartment or what some people refer to as a condominium, you're starting, when are you going to move into a larger apartment? Or when is it appropriate to move into a larger apartment? You have a small car today. And if you both drive, you have to share the car. When is it appropriate to change the car? Or when is it appropriate to both drive two different cars? You know, those are things you need to begin to plan for. And if you don't plan for those things, then there will be issues at the end of the day, because somebody will just wake up and say, oh, it's time to get another car. And somebody says, no, it's not time so to get another car. The one that we have is still good enough. Or somebody yeah. says, oh, it's time for us to have two different cars. He said, why should we have two different cars? Do you know the cost of maintaining the one that we have now? You want to have an extra car? You know, those are things you need to discuss. Then you will minimize your argument if you have goals. There are areas, there are things you will not argue about. And you will see that as I go on to the next few slides. So long as you have goals set out from the beginning. For example, before I got married, my wife and I agreed on, for example, the name of uh, the number of children we should have, the names of children, even before we got married. Yeah, and same here. Same here. You, you get, so th those are some of the things that you should be discussing so that when you're eventually married, these things are not things you should be arguing about arguing anymore about. because yeah. you already had an agreement. Even if somebody now feels otherwise, somewhere along the line, you then need to come forth with strong persuasion for the other person to shift ground. And if the other person doesn't shift ground, it won't be a ground for you to, you know, start fighting this person because you clearly had an agreement before you both started. And it doesn't mean that the agreements are fixed. The agreements can be changed. You can decide otherwise. You can decide that you need to go into a new area. That's that's very important. Then. You, you have better planning when you have goals. Yeah. If you don't have goals, you don't have better planning. You will have spent a lot of money. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you've already spent money and then you are trying to account for the money that has been spent? Yeah. And one thing that happens is that when you spend money and you're not trying to account for the money that has been spent, somehow, somehow, no matter how good you are, there's always a part of that money that is missing. And hmm. you never remember what you did with it. Hmm. But if you had a budget before right. you start and you are sticking to the budget you then realize that it's easy to stick with a budget that you created at the beginning before you start spending the money the the easiest way to account for every amount of money that you're spending is to have a budget and to stick with the budget but when you spend just, the just, money just to, just to add to it uh, I, I think i think from from this perspective i mean what what i usually do with my wife is every month we set up a budget because yeah. we have a fair, fair idea of how much is coming in from my yeah. end and from our end, right? And immediately we do that. We actually go 25%, you know, we, we yeah. cut out 25% as savings almost immediately. 
and work with the remaining 75 percent and that's one of the awesome. ways you manage yourself so you know to an external person it looks like oh we're affluent and all of that it's because of the discipline and the, the planning fact that we've already planned that this is what we're going to do awesome awesome so it's very it's very important to have those kind of plans now 25 percent may not be what works for some other people Absolutely. maybe because they have some other commitments now for example apart from the family you may have people also depend on you that you are responsible to and you don't want to inconvenience your spouse to take care of those other people but jointly you agree on what percentage you must contribute yes. to take care of the home front and you can do whatever you please with what is left you know that kind of a thing so you have better planning and with better planning you have better financial Management. management so these are the reasons why every couple should need to uh, every couple ought to set a goal peace in the marriage progress in the marriage individual development joint development social progression minimize arguments better planning financial management now let's go to areas where couples are supposed to uh, set goals and these are a little more specific number one is children i think i find it funny when people go into marriage without agreeing on or without even having any discussion around how many children they're going to have because right. the number of children you're going to have will impact on your finances will impact on where and how you're going to live it's going right. to impact on how much you have to contribute to raise those children you need to plan for their education as well so all of these things need to put uh, to be factored into whatever it is that you are doing so you can uh, agree on the number of children that you have that's the first thing that you need to agree on number two thing is what kind of house should you live in? If you don't discuss the number of children, you can't even discuss the kind of house kind you of should house. live in. So you, right. you need to discuss the kind of house uh, to live in. Then how are you going to be saving to rent a house if you don't have any property that has been willed to you or anybody giving you anything? How are you going to rent a house? How are you going to buy a house? Or how are you going to build one? You need to discuss these things. So when you are starting out, these may look like very big plans. And that's why we say you should have five-year, 10-year plans. Absolutely. Begin to you know, make plans for these things. And if you don't make plans for them, here's the problem. There are many of these things that will show up unexpectedly. And when they show up unexpectedly, they will show up at a time when you are not prepared for them. But when you have been planning for them, there is no such thing as them showing up unexpectedly because you've been talking about them, you've been planning for them all along. So that's, that's why couples talk about saving to rent, or, or renting to own a house, buy the house or build a house, then where, do you, where are you going to live? You should discuss on it. Now, some people may like a certain part of the city. Some other people don't like that certain part of the city. Then the other thing is, apart from where you like, are you going to live there together? Right. Do you, where do you walk? Who needs to go out more often? Or do you both go out very often? So if, for example, I need to travel three hours to get to work, it would be unfair on the part of my wife to say that we should go to another part of town where I would then need to travel four hours to get to my work. It's going to be unfair on me. So we need to agree on a central place that is also affordable for the family. Right. Now, if we're going to a place where we need to drive three, four hours on the basis of cost, and we both agree on that, that's understandable. But we need to look at the health of the other person. So where are you going to live in? Then what kind of car should you buy? The reason you need to agree on car is because you are both going to be spending the money on the car, especially if you're going to spend the money together on the car. Or if you're not going to spend the money on the car together, well, maybe it may not matter much to some other people. 
But I think that sometimes you need to discuss the kind of car that you're going to, you know, get. So number six is additional degrees. Sometimes uh, in marriage, people feel that, oh, they've not gotten enough degrees. Or some people decide that I'm not going to get married until I have my oh. master's degree. And once yeah. they have their master's degree, they are good to go. So they don't need to get any additional degree in marriage. All they would be getting would be maybe professional certifications or just doing some certificate courses. But some other people, for whatever reason, did not even get a first degree before getting married. And they still need to get an education. So you would discuss how, you, how that is going to happen. You need to discuss vacations. This yeah. is the goals you need to set. How to educate your children? What kind of school will you be sending what kind of school are you going to be sending your children to? If you don't discuss what kind of school you're going to be sending your children to, but eventually run in. So it's very important that you discuss all ahead of time. Then uh, what are your monthly expenses? You just mentioned that you have a monthly expense. You already know what's coming. But people don't know monthly expense because they've not sat down together to calculate what on a monthly basis, whether consciously or unconsciously. And there are a number of people who will be able to cut down largely on their finances when they sit down and they look at what they have been spending money on. You'll realize that some of the things you're spending money on, they are necessary. And things you're spending money on, they are not necessary. But cable consumption is very important that you, you know, pay attention to your cable consumption as well. Then, uh, what type of bank accounts are you going to run? What kind of, what's the modality for saving? Are you going yeah. to do uh, joint savings or are you going to uh, have a what, what living arrangements are you going to have? Some people, they, they need to live together. Some people will not be able to live together because of work. There are exactly. couples who are currently, uh, you know, some couples are currently living in separate cities yeah. and that's because of work. Now, when you get married, are you going to continue to live in separate cities or are you going to be living in the same city? These are conversations we must have. It's very important because, you know, if you're living in separate cities before you got married as a result of work, it might be very difficult to continue to live in separate cities when you become married. Now, you're going to increase the chances of infidelity on the part of one spouse or the other you're going to also increase the difficulty in one spouse having to raise or train the children. Those are the things you need to consider. Then the question is, is that marriage even going to last if you live separately? So it's very important that you look at whether you're going to live separately or you're going to live together. Those are some of the goals that you need to review. Then who are the extra heads? Do you need to bring in people in your family? Is it financially okay for you to accommodate other people? Are you financially good enough to even take care of yourself? Not to talk about, you know, bringing in other people. So those are some of the things that you need to put to consideration. If you don't have enough money to take care of yourself, bringing in other people will cause a lot of trouble. So those are some of the things that we should actually uh, put to consideration. But I, I think that uh, so far, so good. those are some of the issues that uh, couples should focus on, even though I've rushed uh, what what I have in mind. But I, I know, we've I, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, excellent, excellent job, excellent job, sir. I, I think one one of the things I I also wanted to highlight is, I mean, yes, we we try to rush through it because of time, 
I mean, but, but the points are really very valid. And I mean, just to give you a typical example, I have been married for 14 years now, it's going to be 15 years in November. And to a large extent, almost yeah. everything you mentioned in there, we discussed when we were dating with my wife, you know, we, we actually drafted like a family constitution, the same way yeah. there's a constitution that governs a country, we have a constitution written out that governs a family, and it talks every single point you've mentioned in there. So, I mean, it's a valid, um, valid thing you mentioned. I know we've, we've, we've run through it because of time, but we'll still go you know, in detail, um, maybe sometime later, we'll, we'll find time to, to call you back and maybe go into details of some of these things. Yeah. Um, I, th I think as you, as you wrap up, right, one, one of the things I was going to ask you is the fact that, yes, you know, we, we, we've looked at the goal setting, we've looked at all of these things, but in terms of practicality and especially tying it back to the COVID-19 situation where we started from, yes, we've set these goals, we've set all of these things. However, there are some, some things that we didn't expect, just like COVID happened. Now, what do we need to yeah. do in terms of, okay, some of these things, you know, are unexpected that comes in, even though we try our very best to prepare, set timelines, set goals and all of that. But in terms of treating things that are unexpected, how do we go about it as, as we wrap up? Okay, so now one, one of the major things, uh, one of the very important things that I've said earlier, is that um, when you look at how we've been working before now, many of us always go for physical meetings and we do not go out until, I mean, we refuse to, you know, stay indoors for meetings that we could have held virtually. Absolutely. So one important thing is that couples then need to begin to consider the fact that someone needs to stay at home more often, not on the basis of gender, but on the grounds that you need to cut costs. So who has the kind of job that can be done from home? Whoever has the kind of job that can be done from home needs to continue working from home. Whoever has the kind of job that cannot be done from home is the person that then should go out. So it's about, instead of spending all of that money on transportation, spending all of those hours on the road, why don't you spend that money maybe more on food, more on education or some other things. And when you spend a little more time with your family rather than in traffic, you're more valued, you're more appreciated. Your children are appreciative of the fact that, look, they're getting more time with you. So it's very important to spend more time based on the flexibility of your work. Then whatever it is that you're doing at the moment, you need to ask yourself, is there a way that I can automate these things? Can I move these things from, you know, just physical activity? Can I move them to the internet? Or how do I automate what I do? That's one of the things that couples need to begin to do. And if you're rendering services, find a way to reduce your time out there. Spend more time with your family. For example, a number of times I try to work from home. If I don't need to go out, I make sure I don't go out, I work from home. I run my meetings, maybe via phone, run meetings virtually if I need to, send emails to a lot of people. You know, we just exchange documentations and stuff like that, and we get a lot of things done. I have quite a number of things laid out for this week, and there are people I should be seeing, but I've been working from home, and we're getting things done. So right. consider that. Then the other thing is you need to... Couples then need to plan to save more or 
question is how do we multiply our income? income because the reality is that some people as a result of the pandemic would have lost their jobs and if they have lost their jobs what do you what can you now do the first thing i've said to people who probably have lost their jobs as a result of this pandemic is sit down ask yourself what were the essential services during the pandemic Take a look at all those essential services, everything that the government termed essential services. I think right. you should start a business in that line. Right. Now, the reason I'm suggesting you start a business in the line of essential services is that for whatever reason, there will be another lockdown in the future. Most likely, those things that were referred to as essential services will remain on the list of essential services. So your businesses will not be affected. For example, if you have an e-commerce store, Many of the e-commerce stores were still operating. Yeah. yeah. And in the time we're using Zoom right now, as I, I saw a research saying that as of December 2019, Zoom had about 10 million users. But All as right. we speak, because of the pandemic, they've gone to 300 million, million users. That's true. That's, That's 290 true. million users in less than four or five months. 290 right. million users went on Zoom just because of the pandemic. So you, you can imagine that we need to move our businesses online and it's very important to do things uh, differently. So if you actually do not have uh, a, an online business, consider the possibility of an online business or consider how to move your businesses online. And what can you do within your neighborhood? Because there are some other businesses that you can do in your neighborhood that will not be affected by the pandemic. Some areas, you know, you, you know how you have an estate People will have yeah. to buy water. I mean, I, I looked at the consumption of water in my own house. And I looked at how many bottles, you know, the the water bottles and stuff, the large bottles yeah. that yeah. we put on dispenser machines and stuff. Like that. Yeah. I looked at how many we were consuming in such a short time. And you have to keep going for those bottles because everybody's drinking water. So those guys that are selling those water, uh, the bottles, the sachet water, they were making yeah. money. And somebody talked about how he wasn't sure whether he should be running a bakery during this pandemic. But, you know, somebody convinced him that, look, he needs to actually stay on the bakery and keep it running. And guess what? I think that the bread consumption during the pandemic actually went up because increased. the kind of money they did not make on that business before the pandemic, they made so much more. And I must confess, even my own bread consumption went up during this pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, so I agree. I agree. We need to look at look at the businesses that were termed essential services and make sure that you have a stake or you are actively involved in running those kind of businesses. And that's another way to either survive maybe a pandemic in the future or even have a sustainable income while working from home. And that, that's my take or that's my little suggestion to people. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that suggestion. Um, I have two questions for you. Um, I think the first okay. one basically will be the slides you presented. Is this something you can share yeah. with the community? Okay, so the, the challenge is that because there are videos out there already, I will okay. suggest they refer to videos. And you know that some of those slides, I have a book on goal setting. And because I have a book on goal setting, uh, some of those slides are contents of my book already. If I share them, it means that I will be giving out my contents of my own book. But they can also go to my website to get a copy of the book on goal setting. That's www.foladaniel.com forward slash shop 
paulaDaniel.com forward slash shop. Or those international listeners can go to PayHeat, P-A-Y, that's P-A-Y-H-I-T, PayHeat.com forward slash speaks. So they can get it on PayHeat.com forward slash speaks, and they can get it on Amazon as well. My link on Amazon is Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash speaks. Um, so, so I, I think another thing you can do for us is in the comments section. Um, I, I, you know, after we do a brief review of all this, uh, of, of this session, we can add some of those links yeah. so that you know the community and everybody listening can go up from there and buy the book. All right, and all right. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll just drop them right there. Okay. Um, the last question I'll for me. Right is, okay. The last question for me is: I mean, there, there's so much that we need to discuss. I mean, we, we're, we're running for almost an hour and a half now. And we would like to call you back again at some point. I know you're a very busy person, but we'll, we'll review the schedule together and find you know time again to go to another area, you know that we can discuss more yeah. as a spin-off from what we've done now. Because there's so many things to talk about. I mean, the the, the wealth of experience and knowledge you've displayed is is amazing, and we really want to thank you, you know, for for giving us this time to sit with you on this platform and discuss. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for My you know pleasure. your time and your effort. My pleasure. So the, the links, I've, I've dropped the links on Facebook. For those who are watching via Facebook, you will see the PayHeat link. You would also see the Facebook link. I mean, you see the followdaniel.com forward slash shop. You would also see the payheat.com forward slash followdanielspeaks. So those are the two major links where you can get them. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash follow daniel speaks youtube.com forward slash follow daniel speaks there are quite a number of videos on and your own page can you use the achievers facebook page again yes yeah, so the the facebook page is basically 2020 goals and achievers that's the name of the group it's available on linkedin as well as well as on facebook just look for 2020 goals and achieve and achievements and you'll be right in the group and like i said all of the videos it dropped for us in the group at, at the start of you know the year is available there. About 28, 29, or 30, if I remember correctly, that was that was talking about each of those reasons why goals fail. So you can get on board, you know, on that group either on LinkedIn or Facebook, as well as you know, join the community and you know get the best out of it. Mr. Fola, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. I know we didn't go through you know the live stream and the and the questions, but we'll dedicate some time after this session is over, just look through the questions and we'll answer them as well. Um, oh, thank you so do much. Do you have questions everybody. from your end? Um, do you have so other I, questions from your end, apart from what you asked me? So apart from what I've asked you, I, I think I was just going to look through, you know, the feed and see some of the questions in there. But I know we're almost hitting a, a, an hour and a half. And I yeah. budgeted one hour for this. We have, so what we have what actually, I'll do is I'll look through the comment section, like I said. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll look through that comment section and any questions, I will find a way of tagging you along so that at least you'll be able to see them and, and respond as well. I want to thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And like I said, we'll sit down some other time in the future and look at another topic that we can discuss because this has really been engaging. Um, so everybody that is listening, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, it's been Achiever Zone and my guest was Fola Daniel. Um, he's a pastor, he's a speaker, He's a trainer, so you can reach out to him. All the links will be displayed in the comment section. Thank you so much for coming on board and 
have a, have a good time have a good evening and we'll catch thank up thank you so time. much bye everyone all right thank you bye